If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that comes after Slightly Civil War. This is where Yahtzee and I will have a actual casual conversation about this week's Slightly Civil War topic. This week being, should Epic Store exclusives be boycotted? Now, I think you told me before we started recording this was a tricky one for you to argue. Yes. Because you are in favor of Epic Store boycotting, is that it? No, that's exactly it. This is the first time that I have been, uh, I I actually feel completely and utterly polar opposite to everything I've said. Mm, sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> it really, it, it took uh, some research this time because I, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but I honestly do not understand why people dislike the Epic Store. It's because... I think it's just because Steam attracts such loyalty. Mm -hmm. I mean, PC gamers are a tribal bunch. Believe me, I know that better than most. (laughs) I insulted them, and they took up that insult as a rallying cry. Oh. So when something uh, like Epic comes along with its big money pants and uh, takes games away from Steam, people get uh, thrust out of their comfort zones, and they obviously don't thank people for that. (laughs) Well, and, you know, it's it's so tough because... uh... Steam did revolutionize how we buy games. Yeah, I mean, it's still a nice thing to have. Of course, but but also, the only reason Steam is able to exist is because Gabe and his cabal made a bunch of money from Microsoft. So a, a lot of my arguments against Epic Store, them coming in with, you know, the rich kids buying up all the good gear, could be said about Gabe and Valve as well. Well... I think Steam was filling a niche when it uh, when it first started because that's when digital distribution of games was just beginning, and it's uh, ex- and it's only expanded since then. Epic Epic isn't really filling a niche; it's very sort of crudely carving part of Steam's niche away from it, <laughs> which I'm just so much in favor of. Yeah, yeah, because as we say, Steam does produce a lot of garbage, and curation is vital. Absolutely. And and it's we need in any sector, you need competition for growth. In theory, it's good to have a space where anyone can put up anything and then merit. Uh, word of mouth is the only thing that makes things get rise to the top. In practice, that's rarely the case. <laughs> in practice, the things that rise to the top are anime porn and uh, whatever's got whatever got massive money backing never underestimate people's need for porn quite never ever ever i it's it's shocking to me how much anime porn there is on steam every single fucking day and it must make money because they keep making them well yes that's capitalism isn't it if it makes money it's going to keep happening and more of it. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that flooding the market with lots of derivative, cheaply made, shitty games was how the video game industry crashed in the first place. Ooh. It wasn't ET. That was just one of the contributing factors. What happened was that uh, there were too many 
low-skill third-party developers knocking off the same things back in the days with the Atari. And consumers just got sick of it. They were like, video games are crap now. We will buy no more. (laughs) But have we reached a tipping point now where it's... Because it's so much easier to find the good stuff and there are so many more gamers, we won't hit that point because it's also easier to ignore the crap. Is it, though? Is it easy to ignore the crap? Is it... I think for you and me, no. Like for anyone who's in the industry, you know, my inbox is is a is a garbage heap of of uh, of games. I think, as I say, curation is important. Who knows how many like surprise hits might have skipped slipped us all by because they went unnoticed amid piles of crap. Right. Well, but that's that's also like the niche that we fill as people who talk about games well true but we need to be exposed to these things as well remember <laughs> i mean i play games when they arrive on my radar and they arrive on my radar because they've been gaining word of mouth mm-hmm. if they don't get noticed they will never get that word of mouth and we'll never find them mm-hmm. opinion is of course subjective so the only things that are going to get exposure are the things that have the broadest most mainstream appeal and that's that's troubling it's it's good to have an editor who's got ideas of his own and wants to bring exposure to things that appeal only to him. I mean, if every now and again something really weird and fascinating comes out, like Suda 5-1's early work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Killer 7s. And, uh, and uh, you want to look at that? Did you play a game that came out on Steam fairly recently called uh, Star Fetchers? Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I have it. It's in my uh, it's in my it's downloaded on my computer and I'm very excited to play it. I, I saw little bits and pieces of it. That's an example of a game that probably wouldn't have gotten backing, but it's fascinating to look at. <laughs> and it, and that sort of thing relies upon editors who can who can recognize something that's really interesting when they see it, not just something that's going to make money. But that in and of itself is a balance because you, you need to balance the, the big games that the masses are excited about and then pepper in the little bits of weirdness that will only appeal to a niche market. True. And when you just flood your store with everything that anyone's selling, uh, the little uh, peppered weirdness gets lost. And it's only the mainstream popular stuff that floats to the top. That's true. There, there was a movement in kind of the, uh, the, mid, the mid-aughts, the mid-2000s, where a lot of, actually, well, the lates, the, the, into the 10s, maybe, where a, a lot of tech companies tried this whole thing of uh, of automation and crowdsourcing, and Valve went hard on automation and crowdsourcing, mm. where where they said, you know, we're gonna let everything come through Valve, and the community will do the work for us, will do the curation for us, and they tried with like. You know, you, you can be a, a, a curated page and you can do all the work for Steam, basically. And I think we're finding over and over that it doesn't work. Democracy doesn't work. Democracy doesn't work all the time. Well, democracy depends upon an educated population. Mm. But uh, the fact is, people so often disappoint you en masse. Well, and, you know, we're seeing very similar things with, with stuff like, like YouTube is also trying to do that with, with crowdsourced curation and with automation of their policy rules. And either they're, they're overbearing with their automation or the crowdsourced verification doesn't work or people find a way to get around their systems. It must be a headache because the slightest amending of the YouTube algorithm can like be life or death for individual channels mm-hmm. 
Like, I have a problem because uh, every time I watch zero punctuation videos on YouTube, when I like turn the algorithm on and just say play the next video, the algorithm just doesn't favor short videos, it favors long videos. So it doesn't, as I would, I would want, having watched a zero punctuation video, for it to go like straight onto another zero punctuation video, but it very rarely does. Mm. It goes onto like a Red Letter Media half hour review or <laughs> one of the four hour zero punctuation compilations. Exactly, because it, YouTube wants people to stay on their site as long as possible. Yeah, they, they favor the big stuff. So if you're trying to make it on YouTube, just uh, make stuff that's an hour long. And put a thumbnail on the front that shows your face looking really surprised at something. And possibly like an exposed part of a girl's body, but nothing too salacious, but like a midriff, like yeah. an exposed midriff, and you looking shocking at an exposed girl's midriff. Pop eyes, mouth open, mm. and some kind of bright primary color in the background. <laughs> it's so funny because like the, the way it used to work, and you and I have both been making internet videos for long enough to know that it used to be that if your video was over a minute, it would die. Yeah. <laughs> Anything over two minutes was was asking for death. And now the, the algorithm has changed. Well, I'm old enough to remember when there was a, a five minute limit on YouTube videos. <laughs> well, or or who who else out there? Who what what other grandpa out there? has been, uh, remember, downloading the real player. Oh, Christ. To play web videos. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. Before YouTube, oh, we had a hard time making videos. It's possible we're drifting off topic a little. It's very possible, but that's how podcasts work. The Epic Store. Yes, let's pull things back to the Epic Store, because <laughs> I don't think boycotting it is uh, makes sense i certainly can't because i'm a game reviewer so i have to play these games wherever they show up mm -hmm. i don't think there's anything wrong with uh, curating your, your games i don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the epic store but i am sort of philosophically against the concept of exclusives okay go and in, go into that i do think that's a little anti-consumer to not let us uh play the game we want on the platform we want mm -hmm. i think i once said that using a game to sell a console is like using a great film to sell the wall onto which the film is being projected. <laughs> That's a really great metaphor. And non-exclusive games not only uh, sell platforms, but they can also improve platforms. Because mm. if you have a version of a game that is available for the PS3 and available for the Xbox 360, for example, just to be retro about it, sure, then that creates an incentive on the part of the console makers to create the best port of that game. Mm. if it's exclusive they don't have that same uh, weight upon them it's it's an exclusive is basically a monopoly it's a one game monopoly that's the version you have to deal with and that's it imagine if uh, the original spider-man action game was exclusive to the n64 which was the, N the n64 version was awful it, there wasn't enough room on the cart for all the cinematics they just replaced them with like still images and a voiceover <laughs> imagine if you couldn't have played the playstation 1 version of the original spider-man game well, I, I would only imagine that if it was made for the N64, it would be a very different game. It's, it's yeah, probably. But but it's those it's that same thought that makes exclusives worth it. You know, the the fact that Nintendo has all of their exclusives means that we get really weird and interesting games because they're making them for their weird and interesting systems. That's true. It's uh, I guess it's a built-in niche as well. 
It is. And and that's like that's what gives us some some innovation. You know, a God of War, or the new God of War for the PS4 would not have looked as good and as sharp and been as polished if it was for every system. Sony was able to pump money into it knowing that it would be a system seller. And I think I think we're we're seeing some of that with uh with Epic Stores. Before I get too far uh that that specific example of God of War uh, was not my example. Uh, I'm remembering a lovely Jim Sterling video about PlayStation 4 exclusives, and I'm pulling it right from there. So watch that. He does a much better job explaining it than I just did. Oh, good old Jim Sterling. He's the best. He used to be on The Escapist. Oh, that's true. And uh, with this whole series, is called Slightly <laughs> Civil War in reference to a series he and I did called Uncivil War. Exactly that uh, I don't see on YouTube at all anymore. Oh, that's too bad. But but in any case, uh, you know, we're seeing the Epic Store give money to smaller creators in order to have exclusives, and that's a good thing. I did mean when I said that exclusive deals are good for small developers. Mm-hmm. It certainly helps them out if they can make a bit of money and get some guaranteed exposure the way they can yeah. by signing exclusive deal. Because this is something I do, I do with uh, my audiobooks. I sign an exclusivity deal with Audible, Mm-hmm. and this comes out as the audiobook first for six months and uh, audible pushes it a bit more as an audible original and i make a bit of extra bank and it makes sense for me because uh, audiobooks are one of the more popular ways people buy my books they, i guess they like to hear my sultry tones <laughs> so that makes that makes sense to me as a as a small creator well and let's not you know forget that the the epic store started their their fir- the first thing out of the gate was them giving developers a bigger cut of the profits. Mm. That was number one. And Valve has already started to tweak how, how much of a profit that they give to theirs. Like they are doing good. The competition that the Epic Store brings to the table is already doing good for smaller developers. And I think it's fair to say the kind of people who are always complaining about Epic Store exclusives in comments and such like give very little thought to how the developers feel about this sort of thing yes i hate to throw words like entitled around (laughs) please please do because it's so apt to this situation it is a (laughs) somewhat entitled attitude these people have (laughs) these are the probably the very same kinds of people who will openly pirate a game because they disagree with something about how it's sold (laughs) these are the most infuriating shitheads to people trying to make a living as a creative Right. Remember how like people were were pirating Game of Thrones back in the day because they didn't want to wait for the DVDs to come out. And they're like, I don't have HBO and the DVDs don't come out for six months, so I have to pirate it. Well, in that case, (laughs) they had HBO money. And also the last few seasons were shite and not worth spending money on. Oh, sure, sure. Just in general, uh, piracy. That's a different conversation. I, I suppose just... What we should take away from this is the Epic Store has already influenced how much money Valve is giving to developers. If we can get GOG to start influencing more game stores to give us DRM-free downloads of games, we could have a system where where we could really be winners here. Mm. It sparks conversation, and that's what matters. Yes. Even if it's just calls for boycotts and yelling. As long as there's a conversation happening... The potential for improved lives is there. Democracy dies in darkness. Who said that? Uh, Barack Obama. Did he? I mean, he was quoting someone else, but he, I'm sure he said it. Yeah, I feel like it was probably someone a little more classical than that. <laughs> it's probably Voltaire or someone like that. 
Oh, sure. I just I generally I attribute every quote to Barack Obama. You know what? I'm I'm sitting in front of the standard repository of all knowledge and wisdom. Let's find out. Democracy dies in darkness. Yeah, who was Barack Obama quoting when he said that? Democracy dies in darkness is the official slogan of the Washington Post adopted in 2017. Oh. Huh. I assumed it was older than that. Uh, according to the newspaper, the phrase was popularized by investigative journalist Bob Woodward, who used the phrase in a 2007 piece criticizing government secrecy. Well, that's interesting. Well, and, you know, Woodward, uh, famous for, you know, breaking the, uh, the Nixon tapes, the, uh, the Watergate scandal. Indeed. Woodward of Woodward and Bernstein. Correct. Correct. So, uh, hey, look at that. Not it, it. That does sound like something that like George Washington would say. Yes. Yeah. But no, it was uh, it was a journalist from back when journalism meant something. Do you remember? Do you remember the good old days? Uh, so- <laughs> if only we could aspire to be to video games, what Bob Woodward was to uh, government journalism agreed uh let's see here oh uh, there's one more thing that i want to touch on and this this might be a very petty thing but it's so petty that i believe it true go i think that a lot of the hate for the epic store comes from the fact that they have Fortnite. it's uh it's the game that the hardcore gamer loves to hate yes as often the case with something that gets that kind of mainstream appeal it's the game that all the old gamers aren't good at anymore because we're too old and we take out our anger on the younger generation who are still good at it and that hate i think bleeds over to epic in general and the epic game store i think if if another platform i mean other platforms have done this do you remember do you remember when origin sucked up all of their uh exclusives there wasn't this fervor yeah i guess because uh that was EA, and that was just sort of behavior we expect from EA at that point. <laughs> right. I guess there's this perception that Epic lucked out with Fortnite. Now they're using that money to buy their way into the big boys club. <laughs> Which is good. Not that, well, they were already in the big boys club. These were the guys who made Gears of War, for fuck's sake. <laughs> there's the big boys club, and then there's the big boys club. Yeah. I mean, Fortnite's popularity... I don't think anyone could have predicted that. <laughs> right. it's, it's just gone banana. It wasn't even... It was like a, a free-to-play extra mode added to the original game. Yeah. They added a free-to-play PUBG-style mode to a game which was a co-op... I think it was like a, comp, a co-op zombie shooter. Oh, was it? I think so. And now the, the PUBG ripoff is just explosively popular. There's like exclusive Star Wars events happening in Fortnite. Right. They're like premiering movie trailers in Fortnite because more people play Fortnite than watch movie trailers. It's insane. It is insane. And I think I think that a lot of gamers seem to have an unlimited amount of rage and bitterness and they have focused that on Epic. It's always the way because gamers, people who identify as gamers, identify as um, being the, uh, the outcast niche crowd. The the bullied kids at high school. Right. Games were our only friends. And there's this sense that uh, when something from gaming goes mainstream, that it's being stolen by the jocks. It's being taken from <laughs> us. Taken from them, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course, like for, for years, for many, many years now, gaming has overtaken everything else in the entertainment industry. Yeah, gaming, gaming is mainstream. Yeah. Gaming is mainstream, and yet it still has this weird stigma attached. <laughs> it's got a chip on its shoulder. There's an argument to be said that gaming isn't more mainstream and still has a stigma because 
the enthusiasts prefer it that way. Ooh. They prefer the thought of, of being different. It's like how every every time every time I uh, had cause to use like a dating site, everyone's entry was like, oh, I'm not like all the other girls. I like these things that every other profile on this site likes. <laughs> right. I read comic books. Deal with it. Yeah. People like the thought of being the weirdo. It's true. So that, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. So Fortnite has become one of the jocks. Yep. And and now they are the enemy. And <laughs> now, now the Epic Store is the enemy for that reason. It is, but it I I think people are people are blind so blindsided by that they're overlooking the actual good that the Epic Store is doing, whether intentionally or not. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. That feels like a wrapped up topic. Absolutely. Uh thanks for listening everyone. Goodbye. And tune in next week for our next Slightly Civil War and then the show. Well, goodbye! Bye!